Hello, and welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. I'm Lauren LaGrasso. I'm a People's Choice Podcast Award-nominated host and producer, singer-songwriter, public speaker, actor, and creative coach. And this show is meant to give you tools to claim the word creative, take fear out of the driver's seat of your life, gain awareness around mental health, and own your right to have a dream and take up space. Today, I'll be talking to a psychic medium who will share tools on how to connect with your spiritual guidance and ask for support, tune into your intuition and find direction in your life, and set intentions that will help you manifest your dreams. But before that, I want to ask you a quick favor. If you love the show and it's helped you, please consider leaving it a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps bring the show visibility, push it up the charts, and I read every single one and they mean so much. Also consider sharing the show on your Instagram stories or Twitter. Tag the guest at Unleash Your Inner Creative and at Lauren LaGrasso, and I will repost to share my gratitude. Okay, now to the guest. Her name is Rebecca Rosen, and she is a psychic medium. She's a channel between the spirit world and our world. However, Rebecca's story is particularly interesting because she herself grew up as a skeptic. She doubted her own intuitive nature, and she tried to live the life that she thought she should versus what was authentic and true to her. Until one day, she just couldn't do that anymore, and her intuitive gifts came pouring out. Trust me, her story of discovering this ability is fascinating. Since embracing her gift, she's written three books, including two international bestsellers titled Spirited and Awaken the Spirit Within. She's also started her own podcast called Small Medium at Large and has had appearances on The Dr. Oz Show, Nightline, Dr. Phil, and many more. Whether you're a total beginner to this type of spirituality or a lifelong believer, you will leave this conversation knowing exactly how to listen, ask, and set intentions for what you truly want and need in your life and creative journey. Now here she is the great Rebecca Rosen. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on Unleash Your Inner Creative. I'm honored to have you and welcome to the show, Rebecca. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So I want to go back to when you first discovered your intuitive gifts. I know that was in college and I'm pretty sure I heard you say that up until that point, you didn't have the inkling, but was there any sort of like clue hidden in your childhood that said maybe someday this would be your line of work? You know, only in looking back now, I recognize when I was a little kid, like five, six, seven years old, my family told me I played in the bushes with my imaginary friends and I had all sorts of conversations. But then I, I do remember being around eight or nine years old and I was like channeling songs like I would just get a download of music and songs in my head and I would like write them down and my parents would be like, where are you getting this from? And then there would be other times where I would know intuitively something and I'd call my parents out on it. But what confused me is they would say, no, that's not right. Cause they were trying to protect me. Like I was picking up on the fact they were having problems. Oh. Right. And so to protect your child, you say no, but it was the worst thing because then I started doubting my own intuition. So yes, there were, there were breadcrumbs along the way, but it wasn't until I was 20 and I was going through a dark night of the soul that I really woke up to this real connection. And it's a connection that I, th I think I know we all have to different degrees. Yeah. And I, I want to put a pin in that thing you just said about the self-doubt that came you know, from your parents trying to protect you, but it manifested as self-doubt for this very natural gift you had. So I want to come back to that. But let's talk about how you actually discovered the fact that you are a psychic medium. Sure. 
Okay, so for the first 20 years of my life, I was raised in a traditional, I was raised Jewish, and you know, I believed in God, but we weren't re overly religious and not at all into paranormal stuff, okay? So here I am at age 20, I start going through a depression, and my depression manifested itself through sleep eating. And it's this um, situation where you're unconscious and you sleepwalk. And I would go to the kitchen and I used food. That was my drug of choice. And I would like stuff my feelings with food until I woke up a few minutes later. I'm like, oh my God, I just ate the whole kitchen. And this went on for six months, night after night. And I felt so out of control. And so I would cry myself to sleep. I was praying to something. I didn't know what helped me. And it wasn't until I was at a bookstore one day and I was journaling. Journaling was always my therapy. And I was dumping my feelings and all of a sudden this energy took over my pen and for an hour it dragged it across the page. I could hear the words in my mind's voice faster than I could write it down. And they said, we're here in response to your prayers and cry for help at night. They said it was my guardian angel, which I thought I was making up, and my dead grandmother, babe, who took her own life 10 years prior to that. So it freaked me out and yet it felt very loving and kind. And so they knew I was doubting and they said, call your father and ask him these three things. Okay, so this is his mother who took her life, who said, call him and ask him how he found me. And she like gave details about the cleanup oh. that of course he never told a soul. So when I called him and read this, he was blown away and said, there's no way you could have known that. So I know you're talking to my mother. So long story short, I kept the connection going every single day for a year and a half. And she gave me this self-help prescriptive program to heal myself from the inside out from depression. And once I was done with that, she said, now it's your turn to pay this forward and go use this ability to help other people. And I thought, no way. This is back in 1999. Like nobody really talked about psychics, mediums. So I'm like, I am not coming out of the closet with this. I'm going and getting an advertising. I got my degree. I'm getting an advertising job. And so I fought it for about six months. But at some point that wasn't flowing. And that's when I surrendered and said, okay, universe, if you want me to use this to help other people, you bring it to me. And from there, I did readings out of a coffee shop in West Bloomfield, Michigan. I moved there in 2001 and um, I went to this Ginger's Coffee Connection out of West Bloomfield. Does it still exist? Yes. Oh, it does. how special. Got to hit it up sometime. Say hey to Ginger. Right? <laughs> Such a magical place. And she like helped launch me. And from there, a few months later, I got onto the cover of the Detroit Jewish News. And then I got phone calls. And 20 years later, here I am doing readings full time. Wow. Amazing story. I have so many questions. The first one is, so when you're first having this, I know you've talked about the fact that you were a skeptic of yourself. You're like, what the hell's going on here? This can't be real. Yes. How did you fight that self-doubt that had kind of been planted in childhood when these gifts had come up that had really come out when you were hearing your grandmother who had passed talk to you and through you? Right. How did you allow that voice to speak to you even though you were doubting it? So there's a way to do that. You can doubt as long as you're still open because every step of the way for the first four or five years, I was in complete doubt. I kept saying, prove it, prove it, prove it. There's just no way. My mind was too much in the way, okay? 
And the way I alleviated that is my grandma would give me things like at the time she said, hey, you're going to meet your future husband. This is my first husband. And she said, his name is Ryan. He's going to give you a rose. She told me his exact birthday, 924. I had it in journals, okay? Way before Google. So fast forward, about a year later, I met this guy, Brian Rosen. So drop the B, you get Ryan. Drop the N off Rosen, you get Rose. So I said, is your birthday September 24th? And he's like, how'd you know? Are you stalking me? Yes, it is. That little things like that became big things because that proved to me I couldn't know that. And then when I started doing readings for other people, I would get such specific validations that there's no way I could know. And they knew that and I knew that. And that just enough of that over time alleviated the doubt. And for me now, it's a knowing and so I'm very passionate about in my work, I think it's really important to give people at least one, if not many things, like concrete evidence so that they know it's real. Because I know it's real, but I want them to walk away trusting. There's no way Rebecca could have known this. Then the more universal messages, like I'm proud of you, or I'm sorry, or I love you, they mean so much more when you have that faith and trust. Right. Yeah. That's like an anchor. And then you mentioned when you were in the advertising career and repressing this piece of yourself, you just weren't in flow. I think a lot of people listening, whether they are repressing intuitive abilities or some sort of creative dream, have a similar moment in their lives or maybe are in one right now. What did it physically feel like when you were repressing this huge piece of who you are? You know, so I started out studying psychology and I've always felt like I'm supposed to be a helper, a therapist, caregiver on that, on some level. And so, but then my mind, it's all the shoulds. My mind went mm. to, you should do something more exciting or more creative. And so I chose marketing, advertising. I always felt resistance. I didn't feel a, my creative genius. I felt like struggle and effort. Like I was always trying to figure it out. It just didn't come naturally. And so once I surrendered and stopped with the shoulds and said, all right, so maybe I am supposed to talk to dead people and do it for a living and help others flow. It felt effortless. It felt like all I had to do was show up with pure intention and the universe like took care of everything else. And you feel this sense of ease. So it really comes down to getting out of your head and getting into your heart. Mm. Because what I have learned from spirit is that your feelings don't lie. That is truth. Your head can lie, can tell you these stories that aren't true, but your feelings are your guidance. So always listen to your feelings, your heart over your head. How do you do that? Like, how do you, if you're constantly trapped and spinning in your head, how do you start to move the energy downward? Well, easy. You simply set intention because energy follows intention. So if your intention is, okay, I need to get out of my head. I'm going to breathe. Few deep breaths, you get present, centered. You imagine pulling, sometimes I put my hand over my heart and I'm calling the energy down into my heart. And you start to focus on feeling the energy in your heart. And then you set the intention. Okay, I need to connect with my truth. What is my truth? So it's intention, really. Mm, I like it. That's a good tip. And then, you know, you mentioned you were raised Jewish, not super strict Jewish, but you believed in God. And I was raised Catholic. And, you know, there's like interesting factions of the Catholic church. Some are super into woo-woo stuff and some are like, no, 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 stick to the Bible, any of that sacrilege. And so growing up, I kind of felt like all this stuff, I mean, the, the messaging I got was 
that's the devil. Like get away from that. You know, don't look at tarot cards. Don't go to psychics. And as I've grown older, obviously that is not my take anymore. I've seen many psychics and mediums and I love astrology and everything. And I think it kind of collaborates really well with traditional religion. But I'm wondering if you have faced any resistance and also like tips for other people who are interested in this different way of thinking about spirituality, but scared for what it means to their traditional religious practice. Sure. You know, so my brother is a rabbi and he initially struggled and then he had his own experience when our father died and he literally saw our dad standing at the end of his bed and changed everything. And that was again, like 15 years ago. And ever since he is passionate about every time something would come up, we would talk about this with religious figures judging it's right or wrong, good or bad. And at the end of the day, I mean, this goes back centuries, people would seek out seers and prophets. And so in the end, anybody who prays to Jesus or to any saints, you're talking to spirit right? So we're all doing it. Yeah. So it comes down, in my opinion, to intention. Is your intention pure? Is it to connect to the divine, right? And so there's nothing wrong when, when we have intention to connect to God or source, or what I call God is love with that pure intention. How can that be wrong? We all have that God spark within us. So we're just aligning with that energy that's all around us and within us. I always say every, you know, many paths, one truth. It doesn't matter if you use religion, spirituality, whatever it is to find something bigger, to find God, as long as you find and are open to something. Okay. There's a lot of, I've run up against a lot of sometimes criticism from religious figures. And I honor that. It's like, who am I to judge where they're at? That's their perspective, but it's not my truth. That's their truth. And At the end of the day, I know what I'm doing is to be helpful, healing, and to serve others with the highest good. So it's between me and God. So as long as I feel good about it, it really doesn't matter to me what other people's judgments or opinions are of it. And that's what I always tell people, gut check it. If you're going to seek someone out, does it feel good? Again, your feelings are your guidance. So if it feels good, it feels sincere, it feels trustworthy, go with it. If you have any resistance or reservations or you keep putting it off, that's your guidance to pause or it's a big red flag. So you start to learn kind of your feelings to help you navigate what's in your highest good and what's not. Yeah. You know, something you talked about when you were experiencing grandma, babe coming through was that you did this free writing, right? You just were like writing and it felt like it was coming through you. Can anybody access that? And if so, how? Because I've tried that before and then I beat myself up because I'm like, I don't think I'm doing it right. <laughs> like, you know, so what? Yeah. what is the move? Totally. It's very normal to be in the process of doing it and holding opposites. Like I'm doing it and I think I'm doing it and I'm totally doubting it. You just have to trust your mind, the judgment, the opinions are always going to be there. Keep doing it. So what it is, is you sit down and you put a pen to paper or your hands to the keyboard and you set intention. And I always pray no matter what for the highest good of all. Okay. So I'm only calling in the highest purest energies to connect with that are in my highest and best good. And then I just say, what do you want me to know? 
You don't even have to say it out loud. You just set the intention from your heart. And then for me, I just start writing my thoughts and feelings. And then it evolves into, hello, dear one, we are here. And it gets poetic and sing-songy. And then sometimes your handwriting changes. You can hear it in your mind's voice. That changes the tone and just the way in which it comes through. I knew it wasn't my words because it was very, it rhymed. It was not the way I would talk. Yeah. And um, you can tell a difference if you're really doing it. And sometimes, I'm going to be honest, there are days you sit down and nothing happens. It just, you're, nothing's there. And that's how you know it's authentic because it, it doesn't always come through. But there are most times, especially the more skilled you get at this, it's a muscle. And it, the more you work it, the stronger it gets. The more you trust it, the less resistance, the more it flows. Most times you can access what I call your team and spirit. Yes, I love that. And I want to get into it. You know, something I was just wondering, because we obviously talk about creative block a lot on the show since it's creativity, but do you ever get creatively blocked when it comes to channeling? Like, does that happen to you? So on occasion, yes. It's when I'm in my head. So we have the right brain, left brain, right? So the left brain is the logic, reasoning, mind. And that's really, if I'm too much in my left brain, that's where too much in my head, not enough in my heart, that's where I get blocked, okay? That's our ego. Our right brain is the center of intuition, imagination, creativity. And so when you can shift into right brain, then you're not limiting yourself, okay, to the mind or the ego. And that's where the creative genius is channeled. That's where you just surrender and you're starting to tap into divine forces that organically and naturally just start flooding through you. So you can really tell a difference. I Look, I write books. I get writer's block. And when I do, I stop writing. I'm like, I am too disconnected in my ego. This is not what I'm supposed to be writing. I walk away from it. So then I'll come back to it and I'll pray. And I'll say, Spirit, what do you want me to share? What do you want me to write? And then if everything's lined up, it flows naturally. Mm. So it's like, it comes down to, if you're having something like that going on, asking, what do you want me to share? What, what is it? Because a lot of times maybe it's not that you're not meant to share. It's just that you're not sharing the thing that is most authentic to you. Correct. And I always tell people it starts with an intention followed by an invitation. Okay. Because we have free will and the law of free will says your team and spirit, your angels, your departed loved ones, your higher guides, ascended masters, they can't interfere unless we give them permission. So if your intention is use me as a channel, dear God, to write music, to write a screenplay, to be an artist, whatever it is, use me, okay? I surrender my will to thy will. May thy will be done. You are surrendering to God, using you as an instrument of the divine to be a messenger or to be of service to others. That's your intention, followed by the invitation. And then you let go, get out of the way, and then you go with the flow. Mm. So I want to share something with you because, um, you know, when you talked about the songs coming through you, that really resonated with me. I write music outside of this. And when I was a senior in college, I kept thinking, I think I'm going to like really learn how to play the guitar. I tried countless times, Rebecca, every single time I tried, I failed. Like my fingers couldn't get the chords. Every time I'd strum, it would be muted I don't know. I just, but I kept this guitar with me for like four years and I would just bring it from apartment to apartment, keep it in the closet, never touch it. 
but I got that message. And of course I ignored it. I was like, whatever. Right. One morning I wake up and there's two guitar picks on my floor and I have no idea where they came from. No one had been in my room. That was a guitar player that would have had a pick two guitar picks as if they were laid out for me. Again, I was like, Huh. That's amazing. I mean, talk about a, a direct sign. Absolutely. And so then that summer, like, and it was still a couple months after I got those picks, which was basically like God dropping it in front of my face. Mm-hmm. I finally, for some reason, was able to play. And then as I moved to LA early the next year, music started coming to me in my sleep. And so I would take the music I was learning on guitar and then put it together with what I was singing into my Blackberry at the time in my sleep. And suddenly I was writing songs when for the first 23 years of my life, it had been like, you know, much like your psychic abilities, it had kind of been damned down. I had it when I was younger, but no one ever said, oh, Lauren, you're a songwriter. I thought I was just being weird, you know, singing these little songs. Right. And I just think it's so amazing. And I, I don't, I haven't really ever shared that story on the podcast because it's so woo woo. And I think it's like hard for some people to grasp, but does spirit give us that strong of a message sometimes? And like, how can we invite that more? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, spirit's always talking to us. Are we listening is the question. And I always tell people, whatever lights you up, whatever brings you joy, whatever raises your vibe, do more of that. Because that means that's part of your soul's gift. And you are here to use that. Even if it's a hobby, it doesn't always equate to a profession, but for some of us, it does. So when you feel called or inspired to do something, do it, follow it. So how do you invite more of that in? It's simply by acknowledging that there is something bigger, okay? I call it team spirit because it's an army of angels that is preordained, meaning before we're born, we assign these guides to ourselves. We prearrange, we co-create the lessons and whatever it is we're coming in to learn or to teach. And then what we need to do in this lifetime is remember we have this assistance available at any time, but again, free will, you have to invite it in. So if you, let's say you're miserable in your job, let's say you're working a nine to five job and you make ends meet, but you're passionate about being a musician, just figure out ways to do that hobby on the side, because if it's supposed to be more than that, it will become more than that. It's like, we have to meet the universe halfway, but if we keep going through ahead, no, like all the like self-doubt and self-worth issues, why me? It's never going to happen. So like, you know, I'm not sure what you ended up doing with yours, but it feels like, do you play around with it and and write music? Yeah, no, I release music. I have four singles out. I have another one coming out in May. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's definitely a huge, huge passion in my life. That's amazing. But I think, you know, you said something, you're like, if it's meant to be, it will be. Well, how do you know? You know, like why, why does God put something into our heart if it's not meant to be? Like there have been times in my life where I'm like, are you just doing this to mess with me? Cause that's so uncool. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I know. A lot of times it's not, it's not if, but when it's timing. Yeah. So sometimes we get ahead of the universe. The universe isn't up to speed. So let's say you get this hit. I'm supposed to play the guitar, but you're two years ahead of when you should really be focusing your energy on playing the guitar, learning how to play and write songs. It's like breadcrumbs. You have an inkling. This means something, But if it's not coming together, then don't force it. 
You want it to be organic. Put it down and then come back to it if it keeps revisiting and coming up for you. So it's not always that they're messing with us, you know, and sometimes it's just free will. It's like sometimes we are trying to force something because the world says it's sexy to be an actress. So I want to be an actress, right? That's your ego. And you're trying to be something that's inauthentic to you. You're picking the path of pain and struggle because you're trying to be something you're not meant to be versus surrendering and saying, you know what, just, this is just me. I'm not an actress. I'm more of an introvert and I work better one-on-one seeing maybe I'm supposed to be a therapist, you know? And so it's, it's getting to know who you are and own it and be comfortable with it and embrace it. And then when you do that, it flows versus trying to force or fight. Yeah. Make sense? It does. For someone who's struggling with their purpose or feeling lost, I mean, I know so many people are feeling lost right now because COVID has kind of just knocked everyone off their feet and put them in different directions. And so if someone is struggling with their purpose, like what sort of questions can we ask our guidance in order to get the messages we need to put us on a track? It really, again, starts with what and why. What is it I want to do and why? So it's saying, okay, spirit, or it's doing some soul searching. So you can sit with your guides and say, help me re-remember what I was born to do. What is my soul's purpose? What is going to fill me up and bring me true, you know, fulfillment and joy? Okay. So getting clear on what that is and then why, what's your intention behind it? If it really is, you want to be an actress, you know, get clear on your why. Then you surrender all the other details to the universe, who, where, when, how, that's where if your what and why are super clear, all the details will find you and fall into place. That's the law of attraction. My next step I would suggest is then I call it out it. Talk it out, write it out, you know, act it out. Just put it out there to the universe. You're basically placing your order and you're getting super clear. This is what I intend to do. And then you want to step back and then you want to contemplate it, meaning you want to meditate on it. You want to get into alignment with the feeling of it and like visualize. It's like lining it up before it physically happens. A lot of athletes do this where they're, they will visualize themselves running the course and doing it perfectly before they actually go out to do it. Um, the next step would be affirm it. So it's just like acting as if, just talking it into reality. And the final thing and the biggest thing is surrender. It's let it go. That's where you have shown up, you've met the universe halfway, and then you let go and trust. Again, if this is truly my soul's calling, I've done my part. I'm doing the work. And now if it's supposed to happen, the universe will meet you halfway and bring you to it. So we, you talked about the spirit team a couple of times. Can we go into what exactly that means? Like who is it comprised of? Does everybody have it? How do we talk to them? Of course. Yeah. So we all have it. And it's like how we all have a group of trusted friends and advisors and professionals that we look to when we need certain things and support. It's made up of your departed loved ones who generally act as your biggest cheerleaders. They're there to inspire you and love you and, you know, just kind of comfort you through life. Um, you have spirit guides. Okay. Those are like, I always compare this to a school system. Your spirit guides are like your teachers where you have many different teachers throughout the course of your school system. 
teaching you different subjects. So your spirit guides are working with you on different life lessons or different chapters in your life. Sometimes those are your dead loved ones, but your loved ones have to be properly trained to guide you. So then you have um, guardian angels. They're like the principal of the school and they're there just to oversee everything's on track, keep you out of harm's way. They know your soul's purpose. You don't have contact every day necessarily, but you can if you want to or need to. Then you have ascended masters. You know, there's like, I've always been drawn to Buddha and Kuan Yin, Mother Mary more, more recently. Love Mother Mary. Don't you? If you're drawn to certain ascended masters, it's because their energy resonates with you. It's because you're, they're working with you. Okay. And they're unlimited. They can work with as many people's calls on them. You have archangels, Archangel Michael, Archangel Gabriel, all sorts of archangels. They all have different like areas that they specialize in. And those are like God's MVPs. They're like the highest ranking order of angelic (laughs) realm. And those angels, you call them for powerful and immediate assistance. So there's, there's others. I, I have, um, a lot of information on my website and my second book, Awaken the Spirit Within, I go into specifics on this. But bottom line is this, we all have this support and sometimes we know who they are and sometimes we don't. Meaning initially I knew to call on grandma babe because she was working with me on self-love and self-worth. So it was very effective to be able to say, hey, grandma babe, I need help with this. But if you don't know who your angels are or you don't know what they're, it's okay. You just, to cover your bases, you say team spirit or angels, guides, you know who you are, help me. Mm. But when I do readings with people, sometimes they'll say, hey, your father, Bob, is working with you on financial worth and holding on to money because your father had the same lesson and he can empathize. So he gets this. He's going to help you. So it would be more efficient if you knew to go straight to dad when you're dealing with money issues, right? I always say, if like your pipes are broken, you call your plumber. You don't call your doctor or your electrician. You want to get like the job done and get it done fast. Yeah. It really does help if you start to get to know your team. And you can do that on your own through meditation, through prayer, through dreams. Invite them in. Say, I'm curious. I want to know who's working with me. Show yourself. Do you have any specific tools that you offer like through your website or through your teach? I mean, you mentioned that book. It sounds like it's great, but where we could start to get to know these teams because like people talk about their spirit guides. Like I have a friend who's a psychic medium and she's like, I was speaking to spirit this morning. I'm like, great. How do I speak to spirit? Like I'd like to get the call too. Right. Is there any specific tool we can use to start to hone? Because like, I'd love to have these direct lines, but I sometimes feel like I'm getting all these weird messages and like the lines are crossing. Yeah. It takes practice and you have to raise your frequency. I clean my energy every day. It's called running your energy. You know, it's like going to the gym. Like you can't have a perfect body and be strong if you don't work out. Yeah. And you've got to do it day after day after day. Well, it's the same with your spiritual hygiene. So for some of us, it's going to be a lot more murky and cloudy and confusing. And so we have work to do but you can do the work if you want to. My first book, Spirited, gives you, it's like holding your hand, walking you through, here's how psychic energy works, telling you about your clairs, clairvoyance, clairaudience, all that. Here are tools on what you can do. It's a one-on-one. Anybody can do this, okay? I have a ton of meditations. I have a whole course on prayer and meditation. And these are all ways to strengthen your intuitive muscle and then your connection to spirit. 
And honestly, it just comes down to doing it. It's practice because the more you do it, the more validations you get and the more you start trusting it and the more spirit sees you're showing up and meeting us halfway, we're going to come in stronger and louder and clearer. But like for a beginner, beginner, like let's say somebody who's just dipping their toes in the realm of spirituality, is there like one practice you could give somebody every day that they could do to start doing that energetic cleansing or opening up? So I call it bubble wrapping. You start your day by getting spiritually dressed. You lay in bed before you get out of bed. You set the intention to put this golden white bubble of light around you because your energy is clearest and cleanest right when you wake up. You've let go of all resistance since you've been sleeping. You're kind of reset, right? You're neutral before your mind jumps in with all the negative thoughts or monkey mind going on. So you put the bubble of white light protection around you with the intention of it only want to attract to me today energy, people, situations that are in my highest and best good. I only want to put out positive energy. Start with that. And when I do that, I invite my guides in because law of free will, again, says they can't interfere unless you give them permission. So I take five seconds. I say, God, guides, be with me today. Show me, guide me, lead me. Something along those lines. Let go. Sometimes it helps if you say, hey, show me something like a feather. Mm. And then you're walking down the street and there's a pink feather on the ground. Or what do you want to show me today? And then it happened to me in my early days, I saw a sunflower. And then later that day, three different ways sunflowers showed up randomly in my day. I'm like, got it. You guys are saying you're here. And all of this information, again, it's, it's in my books. Like if people really want to understand it. You know, I I put out a podcast and I talk a lot with different intuitives on a bunch of this. So there's all different ways people, if they're interested, I just trust spirit will guide them to the next step of what that next tool is that will best work for them. Yeah. And I mean, I think that there's also like a really interesting conception and I know that it's lessening now as this is all becoming more accepted like an interesting conception, like all psychics will talk like this and they'll invite you into the spirit world and it will just be a very serene experience. Like how did you approach it when you first started? Cause I know it was a lot less accepted when you first started. I'm sure you came against some resistance, yeah. but like, how did you approach it and put your own creative spin on being a psychic medium? The way I've done it is I just be me. I, there's no act, no gimmick, no trying to sell myself or prove myself. I truly show up authentically. This is who I am. And the work speaks for itself. I don't have to sell anything. I didn't have to find my books. My um, literary agent, she found me. You know, everything I've done has found me. Okay. So I've said, again, I made a vow with God and my guides. If you want me to do this, you bring it to me and I'm happy to show up and serve, but I'm not going to force it and uh, make it a business. Yeah, it's become my livelihood, but it's where I choose to put all my time and energy. But it's an organic, natural calling. It's not forced, right? And so that goes with anything in life. It's not about just being a psychic medium. Right. You know, it's just be you. Be authentically you. And if you, I always say, if you be you and do you, law of attraction takes care of everything else and brings it to you. And as it did become a business, how did you deal with things like setting prices? Because I know that's so uncomfortable for a lot of creatives, certainly people in the spiritual world. How did you approach it? And how did you become comfortable with 
the sacred value of money. Exactly. So, you know, I've always prayed and meditated on my prices. You know, my readings started out $25 out of a coffee shop. So what I believe, what Spirit has shown me is money is just an exchange of energy. It's a big illusion. And anything you spend money on with pure intention, the money comes back to you, okay? So it really comes down to, for me, you're paying for my time and energy, which is really limited. And I've been very blessed. I have a very long waiting list. And so I have a boundary on how many people I can see each day, every day, because it is very exhausting. And so I've always asked, guide me to what this fee is, a fair fee on both parts. And then I just put it out there. And, you know, anyone who comes to me, you know, you get what you pay for. It really is true. It really is. (laughs) It It really is. And so I always say, if you need a reading, you know, pray and ask, show me who to work with and show me, you know, and if you're guided, you need to trust, like the money's the illusion. That part really isn't that important. But honestly, it comes down to worth. It's worthiness. Like I feel my readings are worth what people pay. And if I didn't, I would never charge what I charge. So again, you get what you pay for. And when you're creative, sometimes like I would do this for free if I could. You know, I, I think most creatives feel that way, but at the end of the day, you do need to claim your worth. Okay. And it's not the dollar amount that matters. It's what resonates with you. Yeah. And you mentioned when you were first working with grandma, babe, back in the day in in your late teens, early twenties, you were working on self-worth. She gave you a protocol. What are some tips you would give people who are struggling with worth right now on how to start building that up? You know, for me, it really began with nurturing my inner child. I grew up with a narcissistic father who later in life was diagnosed as bipolar. And I was a people pleaser. I was always worrying about him and trying to take care of him. And I lost, I grew up too fast. I lost that inner child. And it was reclaiming that. It was meditating on getting back connected on that little girl in me and like, what do I need? And self-love. So I would do affirmations. Louise Hay queen of affirmations, right? So I would do this whole like self-love affirmation program. There's different ways to nurture yourself, but it's figuring out, you know, what do I need? It's putting yourself first and knowing that's not selfish. In fact, it's the most loving thing you can do because if you love yourself and you approve of yourself, that means you're whole, you're wholehearted, you're a whole and complete person. You can then show up and, and give that to others. You can only give what you have within. The program Grandma Babe gave me was, it starts from the inside out. And so I share with readers what that looks like for me, but it may not resonate with everybody. You have to figure out your own prescriptive program, take what works, leave the rest. But it really does go down, come back to go within. Every answer you need is inside of you. It's not external, it's internal. And the minute we start looking outside of ourselves for that sense of self-worth or approval, we feel like we're never enough. It's never good enough. There's always someone prettier or more talented or more successful. So you have to, from the inside out, find what your truth is and then meditate and call in that team spirit to help you and to then ask for the courage and the knowing on how to show up and then take next steps on co-creating because we're always in co-creation with the divine. That's cool. Yes. I mean, I totally believe that, but I think I forget that in the day to day, 
You know, it feels like sometimes I'm just like this little Lego piece down here, just moving around, <laughs> you know, but when you remember that God is holding your hand, it's a lot less isolating. A hundred percent. And God is within us. It's the soul light, the spark of God inside of us. So that's why I say go within. You want to realign to your center and reconnect to that God spark. Because if people are like, well, God's so intangible, what is it? It's love. God is love. So get it realigned and reacquainted with that purity. That's why I say the inner child. It's that pure part of us that is free of ego. That is, you know, you, I have a four-year-old. Oh my gosh, she's the purest thing ever. And, you know, we all are talked out of that. We become isolated and separated because we get into our ego. But there's a way to do this dance of life where you're connected to ego. Ego can be healthy and useful. That's why we have it. But also combining intellect with intuition, ego with higher self. And that's where that magic lies. Yeah. I mean, we talk about the inner child on here a lot because I think the inner child is, you know, the source of creativity. It's, it's where all the answers are. And I love that you brought that up. Time for Diet Coke break. Yes, yes, yes. Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> I really need it up. Love what you love. Diet Coke. Get runway ready. A chance to win the ultimate shopping experience plus hundreds of prizes curated by Kate Moss. Promo packs in store, 18 plus, T's and C's. Visit coke.co.uk slash break. You know, something else I was thinking about when you were talking though and seeing that God is in all of us and God is in you and it's in me. I've also been thinking a lot about like how divisive our world has become. It's maybe calmed down a little bit since the election, but there's a lot of shaming and dehumanizing of each other and You've talked about how we're going from 3D into 4D and 5D. I'm curious, like what this divisiveness, like what is the part that's playing in this evolution of humanity and, and the universe? Like what was that role? So 3D, where we are, or this earth school, it's, it's separation consciousness. It's where duality, right? And polarities exist. And Sometimes we learn through opposites. So you can't know good unless you've experienced bad. And so there's a purpose to that. But then we are evolving. The planet is shifting. And so we're moving to 4D and 5D. And 5D is unity consciousness, where you learn through joy and grace and ease and oneness versus pain and struggle. And so it's really about managing your own energy and being willing to let go of that separation consciousness with the intention to remember that at the end of the day, we're all one, we're all connected. And it's just that ego, when you see all of that judgment, you know, energy going on, it's projections and it's a lack of ownership. You know, if there's one thing I hear every day in readings, it's that we have to be accountable for all of our thoughts, words, and deeds, because if we're not in life, we absolutely will be in spirit. Mm -hmm. You pick up where you left off, for better or for worse. And so we're not meant to be perfect. It's earth school. We're in the classroom of life. We're here to make mistakes. But as long as you learn from it and try and do and be better, that's what they're taking score of. That's what your higher self is taking score of. And so the goal is to 
bring heaven to earth, bring 5D into the third dimension. So you don't have to wait until you die to experience that bliss. And so when you get into your creativity and when you are doing things again that bring you joy, light you up, energize you, that's you being in 5D. Mm. So wait, so we can individually be in 5D as well as the earth. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, that's the whole point. Individually, we're on our own journey and we have work to do. You have to meet the universe halfway. And so that's why I'm saying you have to show up every day and make a conscious effort to be in love and be in light and connection and oneness versus judgment and fear and greed and anger, right? Well, and another thing that this show really seeks to answer is like how to take fear out of the driver's seat. You've mentioned it a lot in many different ways, but if you ever find yourself in fear, like what do you find, what kind of like questions or guidance do you ask for? Do you ask for protection or like empowerment? Both. But what I do is I stop and I say, Holy Spirit, I surrender this to you. Change my mind from, change this thought, deliver me from fearful thinking. You know, just intention, Holy Spirit, help me see through God's eyes, through your eyes, which is through compassion and forgiveness and love. Okay. So it's really intention. It's like saying, okay, I have an ego. My ego is running the show and this doesn't, I don't like it, but I also feel like I don't know how to break this pattern. So that's where you pray. And that's where grace comes in. And that's where you know, you start to feel inspired to be kinder and be more loving or forgiving. So fear is a real thing, but we have a choice. We can vibe to the frequency of fear and everything, shame and greed and grief and all the things that are low vibe. Or we can say, hey, I'm here, but I really want to be in love and peace and joy. And so you just keep reaching for the better feeling thought. It's like almost like you have to fake it till you feel it. Mm. And you act as if you're like, okay, I feel like crap today, but I really want, my intention is to feel good or inspired. So I'm going to go for a run because I know when I go running, like I get out of my funk and then I'm going to eat healthy. And then you start making good choices or better choices. And that's, how it builds and then it becomes habit and then it becomes your set point, your vibrational set point. Does that make sense? No, it totally makes sense. I think, you know, just saying, I want to feel better and then doing things. I mean, empowering yourself basically is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. I wonder if there's like any other kind of final tips you can give people who are seeking to gain more creative assistance from team spirit. What questions can we ask them? Like, I know you say in dreams, writing, are there any sort of final things that are coming to you as far as like tips we can give the creatives? So I really think it comes down to meditating. And I don't want that word to scare anybody. Meditating is really just getting present and breathing. Okay. So you're coming back to this now moment because the point of power is right now. And that's where your point of creativity lies. And then saying, I open my mind, I open my heart, I open my soul. And the most powerful thing you can say is, show me. Show me what you want me to know. Show me what you want me to do. Guide me. And then be open because it might come to you through an aha moment or an inspiration, a divine inspiration to call someone that leads to some miracle. Or you might get a vision of something that you want to paint. Or you might then hear a song in your head 
that leads to creating your own music. So it's them being open. But the last thing I would say is this. We are always in constant co-creation with the divine. And it comes to owning our part in that deal. And that means managing your energy. So, you know, I think the most powerful people balance intellect and intuition. And so I feel like grounding your energy is so huge. If you're not grounded, you're not in your power. You're not in your clarity or your knowing. When you're grounded, you're connected to the divine. So for me, every day I start by running my energy. And the way I do that is meditation. I just imagine a grounding cord into the earth to bring me back into my body. And so I'm not spacey or foggy. And I get really present and centered. And then I imagine hooking up like out the crown of my head to source, like plugging into this energy or electricity almost. And then running that energy current down through my body and then doing that big golden bubble of light. So you've done your part to ground and hook up to source. And then you pray the prayer, show me. Wow. So that's so cool. I was already doing two of those steps. I always picture that from the crown chakra up to heaven and then from the root chakra down into the earth and grounding. But I wasn't doing the bubble of the light and the show me. I think the hardest thing in my life has been surrender. I really want to control, really, really, really want to control. Yeah. And um, this is a great reminder for me and for the listener that there's so much power in allowing. Yeah. And it's so, it's like, it takes all the pressure off of you when you realize, okay, all I can do is my part and I'm not meant or responsible to control the outcome. You can't control anything externally. You can only control your perception of things, the lens through which you're going to view life and your own choices. Yeah. I guess I think the thing that keeps me and probably a lot of people from letting go of the control, or maybe not a lot of people, but for me, I almost feel like, well, if I let go of control and I give it to God and God doesn't give me what I want, does God not love me? Interesting. God gives you what you need. You know, our ego wants. But sometimes when you don't get what you want, it's for your highest and best good. You get what you need. And that's humbling. But that really, what you just said, tells me that means you're too much identified with your ego. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because if you're really aligned with your higher self, you know everything will work out perfectly. There's divine perfection and all the imperfection. And things don't always play out the way your mind thinks they should. So it's about detaching from outcome. It's the feeling we're after. It's not the thing. You may say, I really want that job because I want the money to buy this great house. What you want is the feeling of security or the feeling of joy of what it would feel like to live at the ocean or whatever it is. So if you're just detached from how, again, it goes back to what and why. And the why being the feeling you're after Okay, that's where you let go and you truly are in faith and trust that how it plays out is the way it was meant to play out. But how do you detach from the ego? I hear people talking about it all the time, but I think the actual process is pretty daunting. Yeah, you have to expect the ego is always going to be there. Like even when I do readings, sometimes I'll be reading somebody and I have mind thoughts about my to-do list. <laughs> like get out of there. 
Totally. I'm like, okay, I, and I'm skilled enough at this point to know that's not for their reading. That's my mind. I ignore it. It's like clouds. You see them all and just let them pass by. It's always going to be there. Ego is just part of who we are. It's not giving power to it. It's, it's instead following the love, not the fear. Mm. So the, the higher self being, it feels loving and kind and forgiving and non-judgmental. And it's really leaning into that and observing the critical mind, the judgments, the opinions, the fears, thoughts that come to us, but just observing it and not giving power to it. So it's just saying, okay, next. And then you shift your focus again to, I choose to feel this. I intend to do this to feel this, right? Right. Yeah. So fo- I like that focus on the feeling. Cause that also, even just saying focus on feeling instead of being like, this is my goal. I need to achieve my goal. It takes so much pressure off it. Cause if you're just like, I want to feel good. That's so simple. So simple. And then just following that instead of these finite things that none of it's going to last anyway, you can't take it with you. So Rebecca, you've given me and everyone listening so much to think about and feel about. And I really appreciate you. Thank you for helping us all hone our intuition and unleash our inner creative. I appreciate you. My pleasure. It's been great talking to you. So much fun. Thank you for listening. And thanks to my guest, Rebecca Rosen. For more info on Rebecca and to book readings and attend live online events, including the one coming up on April 29th, 2021, you can go to her website, RebeccaRosen.com. You can also follow her at Medium Rebecca Rosen on Instagram. Thank you so much to my associate producer, Emily Shulmanovich. You can follow her at We Can't Find Emily. Thank you to Liz Full for the show's theme music. Follow her at Liz Full. And again, thank you. If you like what you heard today, remember to rate, review, and follow Unleash on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Share the show with a friend and post about it on social media. Tag me at Lauren LaGrasso, at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and I will repost to share my gratitude. Also remember to tag Rebecca at Medium Rebecca Rosen so she can share too. My wish for you this week is that you take a moment to connect with God, the universe, whatever you believe in, and ask for what you really want and need. I love you and I believe in you. Talk with you next week.